Welcome to Views from the Clutch. I go by the name of Smart Alex. I'm here with my brother from another. See, Grant, what's good? And we return with another edition of our pre-trade deadline Views from the Clutch. As always, we like to say thank you to our supporters, listeners, and subscribers. If you would like to join us, you could do so by following us on any of the podcasting platforms we are hosted on, Apple Music, Spotify, et cetera, et cetera. Anywhere you find a podcast, you can find us. Just search for Views for the Clutch. If you see us and you would like to support us, you could do so by giving us five stars on any of the apps that you find us on. Leave us a review. Give us some feedback. We always welcome it. You can also reach us directly at ViewsFromTheClutch at gmail.com. Tag us on social media at Views from the Clutch on Instagram and Facebook. And before we get started, I want to say a quick thank you to our non-sponsor, the Game Time and Blessed Ballers Fantasy Basketball League that are hosted on Yahoo. Shout out to our league commissioners. If y'all want to join a sports fantasy basketball league where the energy is aggressive and you can talk your stuff, then reach out to us and we'll help you get into the next season. You heard me? You heard me. So here we are, trade deadline. What is it? Today's Tuesday. We got till Thursday. Mm-hmm. And I'm not hearing nothing. No, nah, it's not actually, it's, yeah, it's way more quieter than I expected. But I really feel like it's going to be a calm before the storm. I think it's, I think they're just trying to fine tune uh, certain players and certain possible uh, options for, you know, just finalizing deals. Or they're going to, yeah, I think, I think there about, are deals out there. I but I also, I, re- I kind of really feel like there's going to be a lot of deals that they talk about, oh, this didn't happen because of X or because of Y. You know, I feel like there's going to be a lot more of those than actual deals. I really feel like... You um, think there's going to be a lot of coulda, shoulda? Yeah, I think so. I mean, just because, like you said, no chatter, like the, this, it's the same, it's almost like the same exact players are involved with possible trades. You know, mm-hmm. like how many times are you gonna hit Jordan Clarkson or Deontay Murray or you know um, PJ Washington or mm. uh, Demar Derozan? Like it seems like it's mm. the same like five six guys, and that's it. Like you seem like it's nothing else. Like I really now again, granted, those people all can possibly help contenders, so mm-hmm. that's probably why they're the focal points. But it seems like it's this every team that has that, like i.e. Murray for the Hawks, they're just saying, mm-hmm. yo, who could give us the most picks at this point? Mm-hmm. Like, we're, like you're not going to be there, and if mm-hmm. we do stay with you, it's only because we just didn't get 30 picks because, you know, somebody else on the team was only willing to give us eight picks instead of, you know, 30. So it's, I think that's going to be a problem. But what do I know? Because all we know, Thursday might be popping, you know, and, and it's very um, possible with the NBA. Yeah, uh, here, here's what I've read, so I'm not going to make it seem like I'm super informed and like I had this theory all on my own. I did have some of these thoughts, but I think what I've been reading and researching has kind of helped confirm it. Um, the new CBA and the structure of the luxury tax and the penalties for going above that second apron, which I believe is going to be at $179 million, if you go above the second apron, that means you're already paying the luxury tax and you're going into the upper level where you can no longer um, basically add a player. Mm. Teams that hit that separate apron, you're not prepared. You're not allowed to send out cash in a deal. You can't take back more salary in a deal. You can't send out draft picks in a deal. There are a number of different restrictions that they are making that are so oh, see, I didn't know that. There, that are so punitive that a lot of these teams that are in that contender window 
that their salary is above, you know, 140 some odd million, which I think is the salary cap, but they're approaching that second apron. If they go above that second apron, regardless of winning the championship or not, they're subject to those rules and restrictions. Golden State is a perfect example because their yeah. payroll is at 400 million. Crazy. So they're in the second apron no matter what this season. Facts. But what they're able to do next season and the years beyond as they begin to transition out of the um, out of the what do you want to call it the Splash Brothers era? That's, yeah. Is that, that, yeah, let's call it That's, the Splash Brothers. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to call it the Steph Curry era and just make it all about him. So we'll call it the Splash Brothers era. Mm-hmm. So, or we'll call it the Trinity because it's the Golden State Trinity. You got you got Steph Curry. I mean, you got Steph Curry. Clay but, and you got Draymond and you got them linked at the hip. So this could you. possibly be the last year that all three of them play together on the same team in Golden State. With okay. that being said, the way that the NBA is currently structured, this new CBA was designed to honestly counter counteract what Golden State did when they signed Kevin Durant. Not counteract what they did with the internal talent thing. Yeah, yeah. Counteract the fact that you could have internal talent and then go add a big money player because you have people within that salary cap range and not be punished for it. Of course. Because remember... You own, you own the bird rights for all of those homegrown Correct. Talent. Correct. So the only guy that they really brought in via free agency when they brought in Kevin Durant that was a big deal as far as money concerned was Kevin Durant. So their salary cap was pretty much under control, and that's why they were able to leverage and bring in a Kevin Durant because they had their guys and they were internal and they were within their salary cap. So now you can go outside the salary cap and bring in a guy. Well, now the NBA and all the governors said, well, we don't want what Golden State did to be a way to make it championships, which goes to a point that I want to speak to real quick and not stay on too long. But the problem with the NBA as itself is that you have owners that are entirely internally congratulatory yet seriously, insanely jealous of each other for for winning the championship. So it's like you got all these men in a room shaking hands but you got 15 of them who feel a way about how you won a championship and they're going to go and vote to make sure you can't win a championship that way, but not realizing that the method that they're doing to undo what you did is not going to make it easy, any easier for him. So this second apron situation, this is why I spoke about it early in the season. Remember Phoenix went out and got all those guys mm-hmm. and ballooned their payroll and now they can't really add anybody. They yeah. did it because of the second apron. They mm-hmm. said, all right, well, we got Durant and we got um, Aiton and we got uh, who's who's our boy Booker? Who's, oh, Bradley. Booker. Yeah, Booker. So we got Booker. So it's like, all right, we're approaching 160, 70 million salary with these three guys alone, but we're not a championship team. We may as well max out now before the penalty hits and get the best possible player we can get, then be in the apron and not be able to add anybody because of the rules. So let's break the apron now, get the best possible players, have them under our control, and we'll figure it out when we get to that point. That's what Phoenix did. That's what some of these other teams are doing or, mm-hmm. or tried to do before the season starts. So now as we get to the verge of the trade deadline, you got teams that would love to move players. Like, let's not get it confused. Chicago is done with Zach Levine. That's a we fact. Can say, we can say whatever we want, but Chicago is figuratively, financially done with Zach Levine. They just can't move him. He's hurt. No, exactly. So now he's that he's out, opted he's out for into the, the surgeries. Yeah, now that he's opted into the surgery, you look at Zach Levine, he's three years and $138 million. He's no mm. longer a two-guard that's going to be a top 20 scorer in the league. But none of that stuff matters because now he's got to be healthy and he's got to be worth his salary number. So that's why you don't hear about him being available or somebody that other teams that are in contention are going to trade for because, one, he can't play this year. And, two, if you're sure you're going to get him, you have to be sure that he's going to be able to give you what you need. And he can't mm-hmm. give you that now because he's hurt. 
Yeah, exactly. So now you have a lot of these guys that are like on the fringe. So you spoke of DeMar DeRozan. I see DeRozan because of his expired contract and the fact that Chicago still is not competitive. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to get moved. I don't know who to and where or, or you know, what the logistics of it are going to be. But I think considering his stature in the league and what Chicago can't really do from him, do for him from a competitive standpoint, I think they move him. But I also think that if they move him, it may be somewhere that we're not expecting because of, like I said, this whole second April situation. This may just be a situation where he goes to another way station team. If he goes to a contender, it's going to be a contender, like I spoke about in our previous podcast, one that's young and has a lot of their young talent under control, and they can just go ahead and add an old KG veteran. Like, believe it or not, where do you think DeMar DeRozan fits best if you send him back out west? Minnesota and Oklahoma City. That's a fact. Because see, he gives yeah. right. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no. I was just gonna say the only thing with Minnesota, I would have to look at their what their salary numbers are, uh, because they paid they they paid Rudy Rudy and Cat got have huge contracts. But so Cat's not, contract kicks in next year. Demar Derozan uh, this year. This year, yeah, yeah. So, so I again, see, like I said, you go over the cap this year to compete if you think you're gonna win the championship, knowing that that salary is not gonna be on your books. The following season, you're not going to bring Demar Derozan back, even if he no, wins you a title. No, he's just a rental. He's a rental, right? He's, that's a fact. So yeah, Say, if he goes west, yeah. Though the only thought, the only thought I thought about was, and this might not fit, but I think the two that you put is Minnesota and uh, OKC were were possibly better fits. I just don't know if Oklahoma City would want to pull the trigger on him because. They're young guys. I mean, you're the two seed, and you got your young players are excelling in those roles. Do you mm-hmm. break that up? You I don't know? think you break that up, but I think you put somebody in the mix that gives them an opportunity to see what it's like to have to deal with that expectation without them having to directly deal with it. If you look at Oklahoma City, they've only got one guy who, when the lights turn on, you know it's a guarantee, and that's shot. You've yeah, got, yeah, that's a fact. You've got, you've got. Uh, you got Chet, but this is his first season in the NBA. Exactly. Yeah, you yeah. want to put him in a position where he's the quote-unquote linchpin of a team that you're trying to get to the finals. Remember how I went back and mm-hmm. said this? Your top two slots in the conference, you're pre-booked by seeding and expectation to be in the conference finals. But if you know you don't have that presence, and I feel like these last few couple weeks have proved that both of those two teams, although they're very good and they're very competitive, you can get to them. Yeah, I thought about your podcast, but so Minnesota, I don't see them as being impenetrable, and I don't think you ever will see them as being a team that, like, you ain't got to worry about. Maybe. I, feel, I might feel that way more about Oklahoma City because they have more bodies that are capable of, of doing great things. You've got, mm-hmm. what is it, Jalen Williams, who yeah. he'll pop up out of nowhere and, and take a game from shot. you got Josh Giddy, who, from his playmaking perspective, he'll humble himself to have 30 assists and keep everybody happy. So they've got a roster of guys that can, you know, do things. But you always are going to need, if you don't have more than one, another guy who you can say, yo, we gave him the ball and we turned our head. Next thing you know, we run around the court because we got two points. Mm-hmm. DeMar DeRozan is a living bucket. He's the personification no, a of a living bucket. And he's the personification of a playoff bucket because all of his scoring comes from inside. The three-point line, yeah. And those are the toughest buckets to get in the postseason. Those pull-up exactly. two. And, and especially, that's his tie on, you know, Arsenal. yeah, that's his career, which, which is, which is, again, I, I think, I think that would be great. I just don't know, um, 
if, if Oklahoma I mean, we would really City have to look at the Evan numbers Valley. and the yeah, yeah, like because again, because because you have to you have to send people back. So that would be the only reason I would be hesitant on. Well, remember the reason why a team, those two teams are are eligible to do it is because they're the only teams with young talent, which is what Chicago wants. So even if Oklahoma City can't give you the player, they can give you the picks. Gotcha, gotcha. I see what you're saying. So remember, uh, Oklahoma City is in control of I think 17 first round picks and another 28 second round picks. It's something ridiculous like that. They they have over they have a they have a cache of almost like 30 picks to shop and and send around as they figure out how they're gonna play out their franchise. So there's gonna be a lot of guys who are like really good NBA players who their pick was controlled by Oklahoma City who may never play. That's just how many picks that they racked up. I, I think for Shy alone. When when they um when they moved Paul George and got shot back, I think they got what three from from um from LA. So mm-hmm. and you know that LA is gonna bottom out fast. Gotcha. Remember their core is Kawhi, PG, and James Harden, and Russell. So and they Russell, don't yeah. really right. So they've got they've got plus thirty two and higher. So mm-hmm. their window is like another two, three years, and those picks that they have are in another two, three years. Got so yeah, yeah. So, I, so they've I, got a nice little arsenal right there. Go ahead. No, no. What I was, what I'm, what I'm getting at is, yes, Demar Derozan is on the move. It will be interesting to see if he goes to a younger team. Uh, if he stays east, right, which mm-hmm. are some intriguing possibilities, right? Um, I would put him in Boston. He should want to go to Boston. Boston, huh? Okay. I, I not to be biased, but I thought he would. I, I, I was going to say the Knicks, the Knicks. Next, but I was yeah okay because I felt like I felt like what the Knicks need, he would be able to su- supply for that perfectly. Uh, DeMar because, DeRozan is a perfect fit no, for about like five for, yeah, teams. For, yeah, I mean, no, he's a perfect fit for exactly. Well, he's a perfect fit for every contender because you can even make an argument for Milwaukee to have him. You know. Um, to ship out Mike uh, Malik Beasley and somebody else, and he could still fit right there between Dame and Giannis. You know, like like he's a a perfect yeah. you a perfect guy. You know what I mean? Because he's he's the words he's, out though. The words but the, out though. Yeah, yeah. But the words but, out. Nobody wants to play for Doc Rivers. People no, no, no. That's that, again, again. But when you get traded, you don't really have a choice, especially when you get he's traded. He's an expiring contract. Exactly. He's going to get so, to pick his destination. So yeah, to an extent, I think. I mean, because he goes, he can go. Yeah, and that's the thing too. If he goes to a bad team, then expect him to accept a buyout, and, out. and he can go at that point to pick at a litter. Uh, that would be interesting to see too. But on to some other players that we probably believe are on the move. Do you see? Do you see Memphis actually allowing Derrick Rose to uh, be on the move? Uh, I wouldn't be surprised by Memphis making any and everybody available outside of Marcus Smart. John Morant, you JJJ, think you think you and, think uh, Memphis is actually want to keep Marcus Smart? I think they will try to see if they can move him, see if they, they can get anything for him, um, because this season is a wash. Right, but they didn't get him just for the season. They got him for they got him for culture and core for the ability to build towards making multiple runs. So Memphis is a team because of their small market mentality. You don't get a former Defensive Player of the Year jettison him only allowing him to play like 25 games if he even played that. You you want to see what you have with that team hold. 
And they haven't been whole. I think the first abandoned ship that they did was they abandoned ship on a guy that they knew wasn't going to play for them the entire year and a year that's already sunken. You get something back for Steven Adams. I'm not mad at them for doing that. I thought that was brilliant, to be honest with you. I'm not exactly sure what they got. They might have only got like a bag of chips. I thought they got soda. another injured player. They got Victor they did, but they got Depot. Right. But they got Victor Oladipo who they can cut and clear yeah. the books off. Facts. I think Steven Adams has another year on his on Yeah, his yeah, yeah. So something what they're like doing that. is making sure that they have the salary slots in place to compete. Because remember, exactly. they still hold bird rights on a guy like Brandon Clark who tore his Achilles and hasn't played the whole season, I think. Yeah, yeah. You know, so they've got injured players that are young that they still have to figure out what they're going to do with them along with now they're going to need another version of Steven Adams to bring back to the team. So, I don't know. I don't see Marcus Smart getting moved because he hasn't really played. Has he? No, I haven't seen him much. But I'm I mean, Derrick at... Rose getting moved, I, I, yeah, that would make sense. If there's a contender out there who really feels like Derrick Rose is that guy that's going to give them, you know what I'm saying, that element that they need from mm-hmm. as far as the veteran presence. But it's like, I don't even feel like Memphis gave him an opportunity to prove that he was, you know, functioning. Like he, I, I, I don't know. I don't want to say he out there collecting the check because that's never been the Derrick Rose way of, of doing mm-hmm. things. But I feel like that's what they're allowing him to do because they're not allowing him to play. Gotcha. gotcha. Even in a situation like this where, where, what, their top three guards aren't healthy. Is Derrick Rose getting 25 minutes a game? No. No, 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 no. He should. If he's healthy, why not let that yeah. man play? No, I get it. I get it. I just don't know where he's at in his like health wise. I, I just tuned into the Knicks versus Memphis Grizzlies and he's mm-hmm. on the court now, but he's he came off the bench. Yeah, so, he's not starting even in the element of John Morant being out for the season and the backup point guard of John Morant being unavailable, whatever the case may be. Like he's the he's like the fourth guard. Well like, again, he's, he's also point guard on, you're gonna yeah. with, with the season to wash with him. You got to see what type of young talent you have, so you allow those guys to play because you really want to. You really want to see what they have, and and unfortunately, playing Derrick Rose takes away take the those opportunity for other for those guys. Yeah, I agree. So I also, agree. even a guy like, and I don't know what the value is, but if the va- person adds enough value, a guy like Luke Kennard, who at one point was a shooter that he teams wanted. No, but I mean, he's not gonna. You don't hear anything. About him, and I'm looking at him. Yeah, on as Memphis. far as him being somebody that's wanted. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, I Luke Kennard tri- had that. He had the. He's got the great. He had the Grayson Allen title, mm-hmm. which is statistically you're shooting the highest percentage from three point land. Mm-hmm. He had that for like two years running, but I think Grayson is going to win it this year. I think Grayson is shooting something ridiculous, like fifty four percent from three. So I'm like, you know, like he's a he's on the verge. Grayson Allen, by the way, is on the verge of a fifty forty ninety season in um in Phoenix. Obviously, he's going to find a way to trip up because that's what he does. He trips up things. But, wow. Couldn't hey. But, so, but yeah. so, again, it was also those players. There's also like the – I guess we could transition west to Utah. What are they going to do with Jordan, somebody like Jordan Clarkson or um, – Well, Utah started winning. That, Utah started winning, which is what they did before. And I think because of the nature of how that team is constructed, they can – remember – you know who runs their team, right? Mm-hmm. Trader Danny. Yeah. You trade with Utah, you're getting robbed. He's a four for one. Every trip. Every trip. Name a team that you know beat him in a trade. You want to say Cleveland beat him in a trade? They didn't beat him. Mm-hmm. You want to say Minnesota beat him in a trade? They ain't beat him. 
You nah, can even say when they when they when they got rid of um because remember I think Jared Vanderbilt was on Utah, yeah, and got rerouted to to the Lakers. They mm-hmm. were able to get Mike Conley out of that and get away from D'Angelo Russell, who was a bad fit in Minnesota. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. They listen. If Jordan Clarkson gets moved, it's because I believe he asked for it, meaning that like he wants to go somewhere and they oblige him because you know the loyalty that he's given to that franchise. Because, you know, he basically rehabilitated his whole entire career as a six-man. So mm-hmm. I could see them possibly doing a favor to him because franchises do things like that, especially in small market, small market towns where he's, like, adored. Yeah, yeah. He finally doesn't want to be, you know, a part of that situation. I think Danny would, would, would make him available. But I'm pretty sure whatever they get back for him is going to be is going to be exorbitant in comparison to what you're getting for Jordan Clarkson. It's going to feel good to get him, but, you know, you're going to be looking at your pocket like, damn, son, I think I might have got caught just now. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know, son. Like, yo, yo, you ever paid this much for these tens? <laughs> this price seemed right for you? You know what I mean? It might be one of those transactions. You know what I'm saying? You're walking off the ad with the bag. You happy. Like, yeah, I'm going to be fly on Monday. But, dang, I might need to, like, ask Pops for some lunch money. So, yeah, I think Clarkson, I think Clarkson is definitely a likable target. I don't know if he's attainable at a right price because that's another thing that I've been reading. And most of these teams that have players that teams want, they're not budging on their prices and they don't have to. Normally, as you get closer and closer to the trade deadline, teams get desperate. But this Mm -hmm. is, like I said, because of the climate of this new CBA, the only teams that are really desperate are the ones that are approaching the tax apron and know they won't be able to do something soon. Yeah. So it's like, yo, we got to get somebody now. We got to overpay. That's where my Lakers come into play. Because mm. everybody's telling them they got to go do something. They've been, you know, playing with the idea of getting DeJounte Murray, who I don't think is a good fit. Yeah, I mean, no, I don't – not for the Lakers. I'm not sure where DeJounte Murray is a good fit. I think he's a good fit as a starting point guard on another team. I definitely don't think he's a good fit as a running mate to, to, to uh, Trey, Trey Young. I agree no. that, that that doesn't work. Yeah. Even though they're fine, it just is a basketball fit. It doesn't make them a better team. Exactly. You can have, you know what I'm saying? Like, you can have a highly productive duo, but not win. And that's what they're doing right now. Yeah. Because even when DeJounte was peaking this year and having great numbers, it wasn't leading to Atlanta having success, even though they did beat the Lakers. And the crowd chanted while D'Angelo Russell was there shooting free throws, we don't want you, which mm. was, yeah. Yeah, D'Angelo's been getting, he, yeah, he's, yeah, been, yeah. He's, been, he's been hearing it from, from every opportunity in every stadium he goes to where his name is in a trade rumor. And rightfully yeah. so. But he also responded because this January is probably one of the best months of his career. He, he's shooting lights out. Mm-hmm. The only well, yeah, he he looks, yeah, but January looks like the, this is the, the Lakers are like, wait, this is why we got you in the first place. We brought you, we brought you to come, you, you return to the Lakers to play like this. Yeah, he's a true. regular season all-star. He's a regular season all-star. Listen, his game is not really built for, and I, and I had the, um, I had to have a great opportunity to spend time watching watching the game with my, my older son, Alex. And he's like, and this night, he was like, yo, what's up with this? Because uh, he came over twice. So he came over for the uh, Lakers versus Celtics game. And he's like, yo, uh, what's good with D'Angelo Russell? I said, all D'Angelo Russell need to do is shoot more. And he shot the Celtics off the floor. He was like, oh, yeah. I was like, but he'll do that in the regular season. But then also when teams start to pressure him, he doesn't make the best passes in, like, pressure defense situations. There's a difference between being a really good guard and being a really good playoff guard. That's why Kyle Lowry is going to wind up getting signed because you may not 
be concerned with Kyle Lowry giving you offensive production, but you also don't have to worry about Kyle Lowry turning the ball over in a clutch situation. Mm. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. He's not gonna he's not gonna get trapped on the side of the court and throw a jumping out of bounds pass and get it stolen and then they go running down the court. There were moments during that Boston game where D'Angelo Russell, it looked like he was trying to give Boston back the game. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't have that headiness that uh, a Jalen Brunson has when a trap is coming to be able to make, not only see the pass, but execute the pass. Facts. So, and there's, only, there's, there's a short list of guys who do that when the bag is up. Yeah, a lot yeah. of guys can do anything when, the, when, when, you know, it's the first three quarters, but come the fourth quarter and teams are trapping and trying to get the ball out your hands and make a comeback. And they're being aggressive, and the refs are letting them play. A lot of these guys don't make those passes with that same level of authority and crispness that is needed to to, to execute and, yeah, and really yeah, give exactly. a team a stable chance to win. So that's why D'Angelo Russell has cracks, and then he also can't guard. So no. you have him who can't guard, and you have Austin Reeves who can't guard, and that's mm-hmm. your backcourt. Yeah. And you need in your backcourt at least one guy who can guard a point of attack. And mm-hmm. if neither one of your guys can guard a point of attack, now you got to have some random 3 and D guy out there guarding people. And guess what? The Lakers don't have it. Mm-hmm. Jared Vanderbilt's out. They still haven't yet announced the full scope of his injury, but it seems like he's probably not coming back for the rest of the season. So mm-hmm. I see my Lakers needing to possibly, not needing, but probably wanting to make a move just to supplement that because on top of Jared Vanderbilt not being, being available, you don't even have Cameron Reddish. So you got... Tori and Prince out there as your 3 and D guy. But Tori and Prince is not a really good defender. Mm-mm. He's not somebody that you, you you put on another team's best perimeter scorer. No. But that's where the Lakers is at right now. And the same thing kind of goes for the Knicks. Like, a lot of people want, this is why I didn't call you. This is why I didn't text you. This is why I didn't message you. This is why I say nothing. Let's just be clear. On the record, everybody, ladies and gentlemen, me, Smart Alex, the Lakers fan, did not say anything to C. Grant, the Knicks fan, about the Lakers beating the Knicks. Why? Because the Knicks are far from whole. We beat a Knicks team at 67% strength. Mm-hmm. And barely. Yeah. And we was out there running boxing ones and trapping the best player like we a high school team. Mm-hmm. So when you got to roll out and do gimmick stuff to stop a team that doesn't even have their best players available to them, you don't laud that. You yeah. take the win and you walk away quiet. But some of y'all fans out there, y'all ain't used to winning, so y'all don't know how to behave when a team gets a victory. Hold it down by the chicken, please. Hold it down. Mm-hmm. Because the Knicks are going to be better. Yeah. Because they're going to get better from the inside. They already have the players they need to make them competitive. Yeah. There are a lot of teams who wish they had the Knicks problem. Mm-hmm. Oh, facts. The, th- the thing about it this, the Knicks have an identity. They have the uh everybody's willing to do their part. You have role players, you have you have your star in Brunson, you have a, a solid section second option in Randall. You have guys that can shoot the three. The only problem with the Knicks is a bench scorer. Then but they have enough they have players they need they need to get a bench a consistent bench scorer. Because that was a problem against the Lakers. When they could not find another bench scorer, another scorer, they, they struggled. DiVincenzo, he's more of a shooter. He can't really create his own well, shot. DiVincenzo had a great game. No, no, I, I know that. But what is, I'm saying yeah. is when you need somebody to create their own shot, the Knicks don't have that outside of Brunson and Randall. They don't have But the Knicks also don't give anybody else the option to be that. 
But again, when the Lakers game was was kind of the ability to show that, and when I guess again, when guys are so so when role players are so conditioned to their role, it is very hard for them to step outside of that role in one particular but, game but in the fourth quarter. But let's just be real on what the Lakers were doing. So the Lakers were hard trapping to make Brunson move the ball. Yes. The Knicks run. The Knicks run because Brunson gets trapped all the time. The Knicks run a spot up offense mm-hmm. to to spread you whenever Brunson is trapped. So what the Knicks did was they put they put Brunson in positions where whenever the double team came, he could swing the ball to somebody who could spot up and shoot. The Knicks just simply didn't make jump shots. If y'all if y'all banged more jump shots that game, oh, that's y'all blow us out. Yeah, the game is over. Y'all blow us out. So I feel like the way that y'all structure y'all minutes, which is Thibodeau. Yeah. Lord I don't Jesus. think the opportunity is going to present itself for y'all to really need a second scorer who can create on their own in the playoffs. I just think y'all gonna need to have reliable scorers who can score when the ball is given to them in the playoffs. But that's I think y'all that's have my that. point. They don't no, I I personally I think they need a bench scorer. They need a consistent bench scorer. Well, remember, y'all did that with no Ananobi. And once yes. y'all have Ananobi, that moves one of y'all. That moves one of y'all perimeter players to the bench. That means either yes. Hart or DiVincenzo probably goes to the bench. Yeah, go, it's and probably more like either one of those. Right, and if you have Hart coming off the bench, I think that that's maybe not enough scoring, but that's some scoring. That's but somebody it, who that in a rotation you can swing the ball to him, and hopefully he'll make enough open threes from the corner to justify him being on the court because of the defense and rebounding that he brings you. But I agree with you. It would be great for the Knicks to have a third scorer. I agree. As far, and a, a third scorer who's not a part of the starting lineup. Mm-hmm. Because they don't need more scoring in the starting lineup. Mm-hmm. Because the thing that OG Ananobi does that makes him a better fit than RJ is that he scores without the ball in his hand. Exactly. And RJ Barrett didn't really have a off-the-ball game that supplemented the fact that you have two heavy usage scorers in um, Randall and Brunson. Yes. So, I, 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 again, I wasn't a fan of the trade. I'm still not. You, you give away the number of, what, three pick in the draft, and you give away arguably one of the best young point guards in the league, and all in return you get is one all-world defender and precious Achua. I do, and you gave away draft picks. I do feel like they paid a high price, but that price is, that price is paying off. Exactly. I can't knock them. No. I can't knock them no, knowing no. that they did at least get a return on their investment so far. And I think I think also it was about coming getting out of that RJ contract where they felt RJ had reached his ceiling with that team. So you get somebody like OG who, if you do resign him, he's not going to cost you as he's much gotta as. Got to get resigned, yeah. No, but I'm just saying, yeah, you, you resign. I'm just saying from a from a as... from a standpoint of if the Knicks want to look like they know what they're doing, they no, of course, That's yeah, what... yeah, no. But I'm just saying, I'm saying from the standpoint of you have OG who fits better. And you don't have mm-hmm. to pay him as much as you had to pay uh, RJ. RJ. And then also yeah, because you don't have that, you don't have that where he was drafted. Exactly. And he's performing, you know, barometers to, to spice the contract up. Exactly. To almost pretty much tell you what his minimum salary is based off of that. So I agree mm-hmm. with you. But the only thing, you sacrificed a scorer in quickly off the bench. You know who could create his own shot because that's the thing. You need somebody and create, for and create for others. So that that's the thing. That's what the Knicks need is somebody that can create for others. So um, we'll see what happens. Again, like I said, the trade deadline's coming up. There's always somebody. But then also this this is the opportunity for every team. If you don't make a trade, 
if I'm a guy that was on the the, the trade bubble, I'm in the trade rumors. You have to you have to step up because they they don't trade you, and you still have to play the rest of the season. Like you got to you got to do something else, and it's it's not. And again, some some so, players. So, so name some names. I mean, who who are we talking about now? We talking about like guys like D'Angelo Russell and Russell. Um, you got even Murray. Shante Murray. But Murray, see, Murray's situation is a little different because he's wanted and his team is not doing good. It's mm-hmm. different if your team, as the Lakers, is doing good and they want to get they want to get rid of you and uh, D'Angelo Russell because they feel like you're not performing up to par. That's a different type of trade and a different mindset. It's not mm-hmm. like, hey, we're losing and a team needs like a guy like DeMar DeRozan. So you you speak it to you speak it to the you better step the game up list. Exactly. Yeah. So okay. so D'Angelo Russell, uh Quentin Grimes, um, who else is there? Is Quentin uh, healthy? No, he just he didn't play in the no, game. No, he did not. He did not. He hurt his uh, I think he hurt his ankle, but that's not a long term. I think injury. he has a sprained ego. Well, that too. That too. He because he, he was, because again, he was also in the papers. Or in the media saying, "Hey, I'm not. I'm, I'm not, not being deployed correctly." Exactly. Yeah. And again, and again, in wow. in his, his well, in his defense, he was getting more use, more touches. He was averaging double figures last season. So he's thinking in his mind, going into the following season, it should only be progression, especially mm-hmm. especially when our team is roughly the especially, same. Especially when I play for a slave driver as a coach. Who makes everybody play ninety minutes? How is it I'm not getting ninety? I, I feel you. Well, I'm getting. You know, I'm getting ninety minutes, but I'm getting swing the ball. You know, oh, wow. two seconds left. Shoot the ball. Whereas other guys are allowed to flow Go within for nineteen that. seconds. Yeah, or even hey, you got six seconds left on the clock, and you could dribble the basketball because every time he looks like it's a hot potato. Sometimes when he dribbles, so yeah. you know. But again, that's that's. But again, like for those type of players. If the team decides to stay with you, you need to you what, need to give your all. So, so do you feel like if Quentin Grimes steps it up, what does that stop the Knicks from doing? That stops them from trading him for Hudo. Like who? But that's who the does whole Quentin point. Grimes makes sense to move so that no, you get in return. I don't. I if don't you get Demar Derozan, I don't care what Quentin Grimes does. Quentin yeah. Grimes could drop thirty tonight. Trade him for Demar Derozan oh, mid game. I've got exactly yeah. Right before he hits thirty. You got you got have twenty you can have twenty eight on on a free throw line right now. About to they'll just time time out. Hey, he's been traded. Yo, again, you could you see that's the thing. If I'm the Knicks, I'm trying to figure out what Chicago's angle is for Demar Derozan because you can give up a guy like Evan Fournier's contract and um and Quentin Grimes, and then you could you could you that right there will fill your you voice. research that because I I mentally counted the money there. You sound like you, you definitely no, but I'm just saying spot like, check that and again money. I don't I'm not hundred percent sure if that works. Again I'm I'm just I'm I'm freestyling. So I could be off. But again if I'm it's not like off worked, if I'm not forty eight do got a forty eight do got a double digit bag. I know he's, exactly I know he's, I know he's in the ten plus million. I think Demar's number is like fifteen for this year or something. Not a low, low, but like it's like eighteen. Like I think he's not. He's not at a high number for this expiring. Exactly. Time. Maybe he is, but I don't have. I, not, either way, I think he fit. I think if it, it, I think if it fits, it's very possible. If that fits, if I'm the Knicks, I'm pulling that trigger because now I got my third scorer. Now I got. I don't have a problem with a guy that could create a shot. I don't have a guy that could, who could technically get other people involved. Because again, Demar Derozan is still respected around this league. So he, if he gets hot, teams are going to have to pay attention to him. When he gets hot, it's not about if the guy's almost like a career point 
tw- he's almost a twenty thousand point scorer in the league, and he's almost uh, twenty points a game for his career. So that's that's another he's thing about- too. Yes, and and he, and and again, this is all without being a consistent three point shooter. This is this is a guy who again, like you need the basket from the free throw line in. He's or for the three point line in. He they, he got it. Yeah, he's a, he's a dominant two level scorer, and he's actually taking more threes in in this um in this era of his career and in this season than he's done in a very long time. Um, I'm breaking down his contract. So, Demar Derozan's salary number for this year is twenty eight six. Wait, twenty eight million? Yeah. Oh God. And who did you say, Evan Fournier? And Quentin Grimes. So that might not be enough. Fournier, I know he's I think he's like 15. No, he's at 18. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, but and I don't... he's got a club option next year for 19. But he's 18.85. And then let's see. Quentin Grimes is on a rookie squad. Yeah, so that's so... not going to work. He's not going to be at no 10 million because he wasn't. He was actually drafted 25th. Not, I thought, he, I thought they had him in the 10th. Uh, I thought they drafted him like a high draft pick, but he was just a first round draft pick. His annual salary, oh, man, he's out there making chips, potato chips. He's on a club option for $2.38 million. So, yeah, him and uh, him and Fournier only give you $20 million, and then you got yeah. to bring another salary. So that's not going to work. That. Well, again, remember, with these rules, you can trade within a certain parameter of the total salary. So there's a percentage that if the Knicks meet, they could go ahead and pull the trade, but that just means that the pot got to be sweetened even more. Yeah. So you say, you say Fournier, who are some of the other dead leg players on there? You just signed McBride, but you, mm-hmm. I think you can trade him. I don't know if you gave McBride a decent bag, but you gave, well, him. gave him. I think I gave him like three years, 13 million. So that's still not enough. I mean, again, out of my, but I mean, you can keep Grimes. You can, right. You can keep Grimes. If you wanted to keep Grimes, then you can, you know, swap in a player like McBride. Hmm. But, I mean, the the bottom level of the Knicks roster and the salaries involved, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I really would have to look at y'all entire roster to see. Mm-hmm. But I know that the money is distributed pretty evenly when you look at Brunson's on a favorable contract, Randall's on a favorable contract. Yeah, that's a fact. Oh, that's a fact. And Anobi's on a favorable contract. Yeah. Hartenstein is literally out there playing for his citizenship. Um <laughs> Yeah, uh, I mean, again, everybody, everybody is again. You just signed Hart, you signed Divincenzo. Those guys, right? Are all, and none of those guys are big money guys. You're talking exactly. about like eight to ten million, twelve yeah. million, somewhere in that range. But if you move off of one of those guys to get DeRozan, I wouldn't be mad. Like if you move off Josh Hart or you add Josh Hart in with Evan Fournier, if the numbers match 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 up, do you take DeRozan? Are you mad or are you really going to miss Josh I, Hart that much? I'm I mean, I, I'm. Again, I don't know if I would throw Josh Hart in that deal because I know that the likelihood of DeMar DeRozan being a one-year rental is high. And I feel but like... isn't it about trying to get a championship this year? No, it, it is. But I, again, I'm, I'm thinking in my head is, does DeMar DeRozan put the Knicks into that championship conversation? That did you say, hey, he, by getting rid of Hart, who's a, a good role-play utility guy... Um, so then let's do it. Let's get to the meat and potatoes. So, so that's the thing. I let's mean, get to the meat and potatoes. Who's top five in the East right now? The Knicks are number three. The top five is Boston, 
Philadelphia. No, 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 not by record, by by your feelings on where they're gonna land. Come come money time. Top five in the East. Boston, Boston New York. New York, yeah. Um Cleveland and What? You said, but you said in the East. You said not top five in the league. Are you going by records, or are you going by capable capacity to win? Oh, well, don't put it, Cleveland in that conversation. Then it's not five. Then it's not five. There's not five teams. Thank you. Stand well, you said it. top five, right? And I that's you that's to say a stretch. Okay, but there it is. So it ain't five. And honestly, with Doc Rivers at the helm with Milwaukee, there might not be three. It's three. It's that's, three. Listen, Milwaukee's a fringe. Milwaukee's a fringe. Yeah, yeah. Again, with because Doc remember, Rivers coaching, I'm off Milwaukee. Yeah. Well, Doc, again, with Doc Rivers coaching, Milwaukee, I think, took themselves out of that conversation. <laughs> I, I try to stop you from saying it because, but it's got to be said. I'm Doc is a former you. Nick. He's a former coach of the year. He's an NBA championship coach. He's a former All Star as a player, but he has been doing. Terrible in his last coaching he, years. No, for career, for his career, he's blown the most series leads in professional basketball. That's I documented insane. it before. He's had the most 3 1 losses. He had the most 3 2 losses. And those 3 2 losses don't overlap the 3 1 losses. He has the most standalone 3 1 loss come from behind in a series losses. And he has not, and he has a bunch of 3 2 losses. Mm-hmm. Both times his team was ahead, but they came back and wound up losing the series. And all of those losses, you know what? If you lose three two, that means what? You lost mm-hmm. in the game seven. Mm-hmm. If you lose in the three one lead, guess what? That means you lost in the game seven. So that means mm-hmm. you probably have the most game seven losses in professional basketball coaching history. Yo, not even that. Let's let's let's, let's take it. Yes, I agree with you two two million percent. But let's look at what he just did the other night. When Dame Lillard is back in Portland, so he cannot beat. He couldn't beat Portland, and he had a huge lead. Portland was up. What was it? Uh, no, 90. Milwaukee was up. Milwaukee, Milwaukee was up. Ninety. If I'm not mistaken, it was thinking of ninety to seventy-six. I want to say, and in the lost fourth like quarter, twenty-three. No, in the end of the third. It was the end of the third. And, okay, okay. So, okay, near the end but, of the third. Yeah, but you look okay, at the thing about it is. You were up 14, and the amount that you were up, you ended up losing by that amount. Yeah. yeah. So that was like a 20. I, listen, I'm not 30. debating. So again, I, and this I, is I'm Doc Rivers as the coach. So again, Correct. what does this do to morale? And again, this guy, already done it to morale. Yo, it's crazy. I told you that whole situation in Milwaukee stinks, and Milwaukee yes. stinks for it. And, and again, Doc has no I, problem telling us it stinks. His press conferences. I don't know how we're going to figure this out. Like, he's talking as if, I don't know why they picked me, because I ain't the guy for it. And if I am the guy for it, I'll be shocked. But let's, let's, let's do this before we, before we continue the Doc Rivers burial. Shout out to Doc Rivers for being an honorable man and saying that you're going to give your um, all-star coaching salary to Adrian. No, he said it. I thought he said a part of it. I don't think he said the entire thing. I don't know about that. Listen, giving any of him, giving any money to him is commendable. I mean, it would be nice but to you give him all of it. Look, bro, I don't know the coaching. Listen, you know, you know, Doc Rivers check got like seven different teams' names on it. He got a check that say ESPN slash Clippers slash slash Philadelphia slash Milwaukee. Milwaukee. He probably still gets some checks from Boston because remember he got traded, right? Yo, his son is paying him child support. (laughs) 
Austin Rivers is paying his dad's spousal support for thanks for helping me get to the league. Now I owe you. Yo, but that's that. You know what? That speaking of Austin Rivers, he said something crazy the other day. But let's yeah, that LeBron and his son. Yeah, but I when he said it, I was I went through something similar. But but again, I understand because Austin Rivers was a top recruit coming out. He's a top ten draft pick. Like Bronny, unfortunately, I don't believe he's going to be a top ten draft pick based off of Mm -hmm. what he did in college. Now, granted, what he's doing, what he's doing again, he had the ailment with his with his heart, so that's a little setback. You know what I mean? Because the potential might not be able to. to, We might not see that in college. But Austin Rivers, he's the seventh guy on that team. Yeah. I've watched USC. He's the seventh guy in well, his role. Austin was the man of Duke. He, 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 he got the ball a lot of Duke. The man. Yeah, I mean, that's the guy that gave. I get what you're saying. Fair, fair, fair. He was the number one option. He was fair. the number one option number in one. Duke. And again. But he wasn't that good as a number one option. No, 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 no. He wasn't I never, I never, listen, I never okay. said he was good. I never said that. I'm just saying when you have that okay, when you have that usage rate and you get drafted as a top ten draft pick. And you do decent in NBA career because if he wasn't Doc Rivers' son, maybe he doesn't stay in the league as long as he does, but maybe he does. Maybe because he was able well, to Well, as we're as we're podcasting, let's be noted, he's currently not in the league. Yes, he's not in the league. Last, he's, he was last but he's seen, played he was about last seen in 10 Orlando. Years. He definitely had a. He's definitely done a decade of service, mm-hmm. and he's got some um, checks because some a couple more besides his dad. See, see, I'm not even mad at Doc for helping his son because you know what? If I'm in the league and my son got an opportunity, you know what, son? I'm doing the same. I'm doing the same. Nobody's and mad I ain't, at Doc Rivers, and I ain't even batting an eye about that. Nobody's mad at Doc Rivers from a fatherhood or what he's doing from a son perspective. All the people who have a problem with Doc Rivers have a problem with Doc Rivers' outcome. As a coach, yeah, and, and it's always going to be that, and they're always going to link his son to it because you signed your son. Like you could have signed another player if you if we were going to win. He took a roster spot. That's because again, if he wins with his son, we can't say nothing. If he doesn't blow all these three one leads and his son's yeah, on the Doc roster, Rivers don't win with nobody. I know so, that, but again, but so again, when you're going point like, fingers and you're going to nitpick, people will nitpick that stuff, hyper stuff. Yeah, those people that are nitpicking and blaming it on his son being on the roster, I'm not having no conversations with y'all. So please don't comment, like, and subscribe if you feel like it's an issue that Doc Rivers wasn't successful because Austin was on his team. If anything, he made life miserable for Austin being on his team because his standard for what he had his son, his son could never meet it. Mm-hmm. So it was almost impossible for his son to consistently stay on the floor because he gave his son a level of scrutiny where, dog, you, you even show bad body language, you coming out the game. That's a fact. And you're talking about Austin Rivers, a kid who grew up being a um, he was a YouTube sensation. Uh huh. Yeah, he had a, he had a mixtape. He, he comes from he comes from he comes from the high school mixtape era. He was one mm-hmm. of the most prominent. His high school mixtape is probably still one of the most highest viewed high school mixtapes ever made. You know what I'm saying? You got him, Andrew Wiggins, and, and you know a, a few other guys who literally their high school mixtape was almost their draft resume. That's a fact. So it was almost like. Yeah, this guy did all this and he went to play in college, but everybody ignored what they did in college to look at their high school resume because it was more exciting than what they did in college. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You so know with that being said, with that being said, like I said, Austin speaking on what he's speaking, 
I don't want to take it away from him. Like, he doesn't have a right to have that feeling. If he doesn't think that Braun and his son playing together in the league is a good idea, you can have that feeling. I'm just going to say I'm, I'm excited to see it if it happens. That's but a fact. Also, but it also will be a reflection of, of Bronny making substantial progress in his basketball development for him to warrant being drafted. Now, Listen, obviously, he I'm can, all he for can invite and get signed to a team which would seem the more likely route. Like, he don't get drafted, but a team gives him a camp invite, and he gets signed to, like, you know, kind of like how they did Sharif, Shaq's son. He got a two-way deal. If he was to not get drafted and get a two-way deal by a team, and, and, and you know, Braun is on that same team and they're able to play together, that would seem realistic. But for a team to burn, like, a lottery pick or even a first-round pick, even no, I a second-round pick on Bronny would be second, unreasonable. I can see a second-round pick. I a mean, guy I, who's averaging five points... Three rebounds, you know, we've, two assists. We've, we've seen and shooting thirty-seven percent from the field, getting yo, drafted be, in the second round. Yo, listen, I've seen. I forgot who it it's was. It's possible. It's, oh, we've yeah, seen it's players with worse numbers or similar numbers in college. We've seen that before. It's just oh, that yeah, it didn't listen, have. It's not under the micros, It's not under the microscope of being Bronny James. But we've seen guys with subpar college careers get drafted. You'd be like, who? Oh, yeah. So I would not be surprised. And again, some people, unfortunately, some players, they're not good college players. And and vice versa. There's some college players that are not good NBA players. So that can be, you know, in his defense, that could be what it is. You know, but again, I mean, but I mean, it's also opportunity. Like I said, he's the seventh. He's the seventh best player on that team. He doesn't necessarily always start. He didn't mm-hmm. always. He couldn't start the season because he wasn't healthy. Yeah. So he is still kind of his finding his way as a young man. Of Not course, just as a basketball player, but as a young man, this of is course, he's on the verge of death. So I don't even want to like trivialize or minimize or even have any reason from anybody from Clutch Sports or what's the name of their company yeah, contacting yeah. us. You know, for like a defamation of character, none of nah, that is taking place here. Nah, even that. Well, listen, I'm rooting for him, man. I want to be the most right. successful person and I want he could possibly be because I want to see that. But I do not forecast in this current day with where I, where he currently stands as a player. I would be surprised if he got drafted, but I would not be surprised if he wound up. If he, you know, okay, let me let me let me qualify that. Nah, if I think LeBron you go to James enters the draft after this season. I would be surprised if he got drafted, but I would not be surprised if he winds up on an NBA roster. Because again, I think he will get drafted, but I think he'll get drafted. Right. And you're going to get you. And I believe you believe that because you know, the consequence means that, yeah, we draft Bronny. We probably going to get Bron. Not even that. Yes and no, but I think a veteran team can help him. I don't think he can get drafted to to the Pistons and have a, you know, and to be like, oh my God, Pistons got him. Like, I, I feel like that. What if Oklahoma City got him? I well, again, they got seven million draft picks, but again, they could use <laughs> they could use that in the second. They could use that draft pick for the second round. You know what I'm saying? Um, but I really feel like a, if he could got on a veteran team, like even like say, let's just say let's just say hypothetically say my, a team like Miami or something, who they always mm-hmm. find dominant in the roughs. You know what I mean, that 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 would be me if I'm an NBA player. I'm trying to get to Miami because they always gonna find a diamond in the rough. Rough. I could see him going somewhere like that. Not saying Pat Riley's gonna want that, but just that type of culture where they're not looking well, for Pat him Riley to be right away. Like that. Again, but they're also not looking for him to be a star. He could learn. 
and he can always he'll find an opportunity if he works hard. They'll let they'll 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 give you a few games to prove yourself because they definitely right, so play Riley players. Would love to would love to bitch LeBron one more time before he retires. Oh, that's a fact. Right, so that's I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, like you said, it's it's funny you mentioned Miami, but like I can see teams who like have history with LeBron grabbing Bronny just because they know that it's going to mess with LeBron James' head. Like, you're on the verge of retiring and Cleveland drafts your son again? Mm. Wow. They could be both the only team to draft both the James' sons. They have LeBron James both times? How do you draft LeBron James twice? Three times. Three times. No, I'm talking about draft. You draft him. You draft him. You drafted his father. His father left and came back. That's two visits. Then yeah. you draft his son, and then you bring his father back because his father said, "What? Wherever Bronny go, yeah, I go." That would be crazy. And and then they know, but because they, what they're going to do is they might even be crazy enough to have James on the back of the jersey with twenty three because they ain't retired LeBron number yet. <laughs> oh, you're that's sick. That's you're that's sick for that. Yo, Either they, they give him 23 or 6. Did he wear, <coughs> did he wear 6 in Cleveland? No, he never wore 6 in Cleveland. He always wore 23. Yeah, but he wore 6 like in practice or something like that, right? Not for Cleveland. He oh, not for Cleveland. 23 in Cleveland. Gotcha. Okay. He, okay. Was, six in, he was 6 in Miami and 6 temporarily in, um, in LA. Lakers. Yeah, yeah. For some reason, I thought he used to wear 6 in practice. I don't remember. He might have. He might have. I don't remember. He might have, but not in Cleveland, though. Not in Cleveland. I don't think in Cleveland. That would be crazy. But you know what? Nothing, nothing would surprise me with the uh, NBA. Yeah, the way the happened. NBA has found a way to develop and nurture storylines and communicate storylines. Oh. It's, it's, they've embraced the social media um, era oh, of course. in a way My that a lot of leagues can stand to learn. Yeah. I mean, we just watched, we didn't watch, but you know, the NFL had a flag football game last weekend, right? Yeah, I heard about that. That was crazy. Yeah, I heard about that. I mean, that's what their that's what their their all star game is now. That's what it what it, it's uh yeah. That's what it's descended or or become. But with that being said, let's go ahead and focus on All Star Weekend with all of the players that we see. Can you um remind me who just got finalized to the Eastern roster? I think you showed. Oh, do Trey due, Young? Yeah, due to injury of Julius Randle and Joel Embiid, the alternates have been placed with Trey Young. And Scotty Barnes from uh, Toronto. Toronto. I Which, think that they just are doing everything they can to avoid sending another Celtic. Scotty Barnes? Yeah, I would have to see his numbers. I mean, because I thought I that was... I even care if I see his numbers. No, but I'm just saying, like, for all... You went and know, grabbed another player for a team that's not even at 500. Yeah, that's... You know, I'm looking at that. If anything, heck, I would even be upset. Yeah, I would definitely be upset with... Uh, if I was Boston, I'd I'd even be upset if I was. If I'm not now, nah, see, I couldn't see Orlando getting that other kid. They had that other that other player on the team besides. Uh, yeah, Ben Carroll's Paul. already going. Congratulations to Becker. You talking about Franz? Franz, yeah, yeah. I thought he was doing about Wagner. For, yeah, Wagner was doing pretty good this season. He is. He's having a good season, but I don't know if he's All Star merit. Again, I didn't think Scotty Barnes is All Star merit, so that's what I was just saying. And again, this is not us dissing Scotty Barnes. Scotty no, Barnes no, no. is a great player, but it's like, dude, your numbers, you were playing with Siakam all year. You, you've only had like, what, like 10 games where you've actually been, the team is all yours. So yeah. now we're finally getting to see you for who you are. And by the way, y'all not winning. So, no, we're definitely not winning. You know what I mean? So it's one thing to go and grab Trey Young, who's like leading the league in assists 
and one of the top ten scorers in the league. Yeah. Put him in the All Star. He's a perennial All Star. Okay. But so to make Scott, I think this is Scotty, Scotty Barnes', Barnes first time appearance. Oh no, that's a fact. Listen, wait, Toronto wasn't going to get uh, three players, if not two, because Siakam was there. Fred Van Vliet made it. Scotty Barnes wasn't going to get it, but um, and Scotty Barnes. Well, Fred, Fred played for Houston now. I know that, but I'm just saying, like, no, uh, but last year because Scotty Barnes got okay, drafted. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is his third year, so. Yeah. Um, but again, he's averaging. I'm looking at his numbers now. He's averaging 20 points, eight rebounds, and six assists. Yeah, he's got. Listen, I said yeah, Scotty Barnes is is definitely one of the bright young talents of the league. Yeah, I don't want to take anything away from him, and I don't want anybody to think that that's what we're trying to do. Shout out to the whole city of Toronto and everything that they got going on up here. My point is, is that for yeah, him, if I'm Boston, for I'm crazy. To say he's at an all star level, though. Yeah, that's a fact. I, I, like, I'm okay. Not... You pull his. You pull his file. What's, what's Porzingis' numbers? Uh, I was going to do Derek White first, just because I clicked on his. They was, on the same roster, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, it's, 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 it's taking this. Derek White is uh, 16, 4 and 4. Uh, Porzingis is. Let me see. Pizingas. So Derek White, Derek White with two of the highest usage players in the league. Oh, uh, yeah. Porzingis might have had a case because Porzingis is 20. I told you. 27 and 2 on the, thir- on the t- number one team. And again, you got to think the third about, option. Yeah, and Bo- and Boston is twenty-one games better than Toronto. So right. yeah, that, that's a yeah. I would yeah yeah. I, I wouldn't be mad. I wouldn't be mad if I wouldn't be mad at that. I wouldn't be mad at that. Yeah. I mean, heck, Cleveland, you talking about how many front court players who couldn't make it to the game? Yeah. And Embiid's a center. Yeah. So you replace a center with like multiple guards and 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 and, and switchable forwards. Hmm. <clears throat> yeah, Jared Allen might feel away. I mean, damn, is Wimby going? Well, again, this is the East, so I don't. We don't know, right? Uh, I mean, you hear what I'm trying to say, though. It's yeah. like there's a lot of guys that are snubbed across the league, but like when you talk Eastern, like I don't see how you put Scotty Barnes in that like mandatory All Star conversation over a guy like Porzingis, and even over a guy like you said, like Derek White. You talk about the starting one and a half guard for the East best team. Yeah, yeah, you know, that's a fact. I, I get it. And the fact that Scotty Barnes is not, it's not like he's averaging like 30. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, what you say, okay, well, he's, right. just, he's just ripping this, he's just tearing the, the league up. You got to give him that, even if his team is terrible. He's doing his part. Like, nah, that's not the case. So, but again, I mean, I don't, you know, whatever. Maybe, who knows? I, I think, I think, um, yeah, if, I, if I'm certain teams, yeah, I would definitely have a, um, I would definitely have a gripe. You know, if I'm one of those starting teams, I mean, hey, even if I'm Indianapolis, I, uh, the Pacers, I would be like, hey, what's up with um? But I thought, you know, somebody again, if if the Pacers cool. are on beat, no, Who no, else no, on no, the Pacers. Oh, you mean no, like Miles Turner? Nah, I don't, no, I would. They already I, send it by accident two All Stars because uh, now that they got Siakam there. Isn't Siakam oh, that's right. Oh, uh, uh, you know what? I don't know. I don't remember. They got I don't him think in so. I don't think the Pacers Siakam got two. Didn't give I don't think so. Well, is Siakam in? Is Siakam an All Star this year? Mm-mm. Okay, so if he's not an Eastern All Star, then you're right. Then they only got they only got Halliburton. Yeah, I I, I could have sworn it. Now, granted, I'm not gonna lie to you. I could be wrong, but I've been you know I just don't remember seeing Siakam go to the get the All Star nod. So I'm about to um look at now. You about to yeah about to yeah we have to look up. at the full Eastern roster um. But it, but it is kind of tough. I mean, the West, I can get Wimby and um, 
Chet not going, even though honestly they both have played at like an all-star caliber level. But there's just so many great players in the West already. You would have to the people that you can't send to the all-star game is probably better than some of the people the East are fighting to get to put in. So mm-hmm. uh Eastern Conference. Why they got you on the swing? Yeah, no. Uh, no, you you don't have um Siakam at all. Siakam okay. at all. You got uh Bam Bam made the team. Bam right. out of body. That's that's the one forward that I was trying to figure out. Well, there's another forward. Uh but yeah, so yeah, Bam got it. And then um out west. Out west they haven't made any announcements about injuries. So that would be um interesting to see if they do. If Is anybody there anybody hurt who was unable to go? Uh, th- honestly, in the West, I don't think so. Yeah, I, I think the West is relatively healthy. I think, yeah, I'm pretty I sure so Kevin too. Durant is probably going to be there, be able to play. Did he make it to the All Star game? Who Durant got voted in, right? Oh, yeah, Durant's a starter. It's wait, wait. So the front court started. Who are the West starters? It's Braun. It's Durant. Braun, Durant, Jokic. Uh, okay, the, and the, uh, the SGA, okay. SGA, and uh, Luca. Okay, okay, yeah, that's 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 gonna be a crazy that's gonna be a crazy team because I'm looking at the Eastern lineup now, and I'm mm. glad that the Easterns. I mean that the um the game has gone back to conference based. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that pick, I wasn't mad at stuff. the picket. I wasn't mad at the picking stuff. It was just I was mad at how good. One team was at picking their roster over the other. It was like, yo, dude. yeah, it was like, yeah, y'all never thought this over. You know what I mean? Like, when that, like, yeah. like, like KD, you keep you keep proving why you need to go pick a team to play for because you can't pick a team to play with. Yeah, it was it was definitely different. I mean, again, it was yeah, it was definitely different. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting because I'm looking at the starting lineup for the East. Oh yeah, it's gonna get it's gonna be a slaughter season because MB's not there, so they're gonna throw somebody in the in the starting role, which I'm assuming. Well, you know, Joker is only gonna play like 37 seconds. No, I know. No, again, but still, when you got again, okay, yeah, I know that, but I'm just saying, the West, Braun always is gonna play the fourth quarter like he, you know, got something mm-hmm. proof. You know, that's yeah, kind of what he's been. Yeah. So I'm not faulting him for that. I'm just looking at who. Yeah, Brunson gonna be out there doing the same thing. By the way, let's just be real. Listen, thank God Tibbs ain't coaching. Brunson might play 40 minutes in an All Star game. Like, bruh. If if Tibbs was coaching, Brunson would not only play 40 minutes, but he'd have to do play by play. Yeah, I can see him. Yeah, Tibbs. Tibbs like his play is the multitask. Oh God, that man. But that man's about to be. The Knicks, listen, that Knicks, he's about to be the, the Knicks coach for the next 10 he's years. He's, he's, he's Eastern Conference coach of the month. Yeah, definitely coach of the month. I mean, if the, if the Knicks can make it to the two seed, which they're a game away, oh, yeah, I can see it. If they could, if they could hold on to the two seed, yeah, he could be coach. He could be coach of the year for sure. He could, he could yeah. be the coach of the year for sure. Uh, because, I mean, grant, granted, right now, Cleveland's number two, but again, that's about one game. So, um, and again, here's the problem: we're 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 not saying Tibbs is a bad coach, but it's a bad precedent to make him a coach of the year because some of his habits, even though the teams are winning, it comes at a very high cost. Yeah, it's a fact. If I'm the Knicks and I'm letting Tibbs coach my guys, I'm looking at all of them and their contract expiration, 
and I'm preparing to replace them all. Because yeah. you know that after playing for Tibbs, the old ain't going to have nothing on it. Exactly. That's a fact. And that's the thing, yeah. Because, yeah, because, and the thing about it, let Tibbs win again. This will be the second time in the last, what, four years he's been coach of the year? Oh, forget about it. He's cemented. He ain't going nowhere. Yeah, they're going to build a statue outside the garden. Listen, listen. I, I you know that would be hilarious. As much as fans, and myself included, have said, I ain't want Tibbs, if Tibbs could deliver a championship, it would be game over. Every yeah, he would, would have, have, he would have, he would, he would have, have that Phil Jackson level of, of, uh, of his, uh, of like, he had, Phil Jackson had y'all paralyzed when he came to New York. Not you, yeah, but yeah. he had the fan base paralyzed. It was like, oh, this is a Knicks legend, an 11-time mm-hmm. NBA championship coach. And he's, he wants to run our franchise. He wants to bring the glory back. Yo, listen. <laughs> no, but the funny part about <laughs> Phil it. Phil Jackson was trolling. Oh, he was. <laughs> real, real. But the, no, the funny part about it is Tibbs is probably the only coach in NBA history that could win a championship that the fans would be upset that he's the coach that won the championship. Facts. I would be furious. I would be furious. That would be crazy. You know the parade. You know the parade coming down Fifth Avenue. Let's go, Knicks. Fuck you, Tibbs, though. Let's go, Knicks. Fuck you, Tibbs, though. Yo, that's what I'm saying. That would be crazy. That would be hilarious. You know what I mean? You got Spider-Man out there telling telling Tibbs this SMB. Thanks for the championship. Word. The Tim's on. Exactly. (laughs) That would be hilarious. Uh, I I, I would be crying. I I would go just for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah I would take a fl- I would take a flight back home. Yo, we would have to do a views to... from the clutch episode just just from the parade. From from, <laughs> from the parade. That would be our debut on camera. Just to Word. just be out there like yo, y'all gotta see this because we know the city is gonna lose it. A Knicks championship in this era of New York. But the fact that if Tibbs does it, oh forget about it. Who's the only again? He's the only coach who every year the fan base feels like he should be fired. Blood on my Tims. Blood on my Tims don't even put it in words. Yo, blood on my Tims would be on shirts everywhere. (laughs) 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 Son, that sounds crazy. Mm. Blood on my Tims, bro. Mm -mm -mm. Like, Tims, like, yeah, I got you a championship. But everybody on this team is out for the season. Oh, my God. Because you ain't, listen, because he going to have you, he going to have you playing 48 minutes in the parade. He's like, yo, yo, I'm supposed to do late night with Letterman. Nah, you got to get back on T. Like, what you talking you about, get back on Yo, wow. Crazy. Put that oxygen mask back on, boy. Exactly. <laughs> Defensive slides in an hour. In an hour, son. Unbelievable. Right now, I can only imagine Julius Randle was on a treadmill mm-hmm. with his shoulder hooked up to like... <laughs> yeah. They probably told him, because he's at the game right now. They probably told him, listen, if you... if you Tibbs, Tibbs wants you uh, at the game or you got to be on the treadmill during during the game, watching the game. You got to be on the treadmill because there's only your shoulder that's hurt. It's nothing else. And, and the seat on the treadmill is pressure sensitive. Mm-hmm. So we know if you actually don't want anything. <laughs> That's a damn shame. <laughs> that shit got an alarm on it. Like, please, Mm-mm. give me the pedal, Julius. Yo, no, the fact that you said seats on a treadmill sounds crazy. Because the treadmill don't give you no seats. 
No, I mean, I mean, more, more like the bike. I know, but I'm just saying. No, yeah. but that would be that would be that would be something Tibbs. They would Tibbs would make them do. Like really, the coach. There's no such thing. I don't care. I still want it. I still want you. See, we want you to have that. But you know, it is what it is. But yeah, man. So, oh man, Memphis is definitely. I don't know what they're doing out there, bro. This yeah. is bad. The, the Knicks are up by twenty. 20, uh, 23, and you got literally. I first of all, yo, you would, yo, how much money? I don't think fans in Memphis could name this starting lineup that Memphis has on the. These cats, this this has got to be dudes that's in the G League, ten day contract dudes. I've seen one or two of these guys before. Some of these guys, I'm like, yo, I know Memphis fans have no idea who these people are. Golly, who are these? Dudes? All right, well, it is what it is. But yo, yeah. Um, before I go ahead and wrap this up, do you have any expected players to move besides the Rosen? If you would give me three players that you would expect to be on a different team when we reconvene for our next episode after the trade deadline, who who would you say would be the top three candidates to be on a different team? New face, different players. I mean, same face, different players. I would say. Uh, PJ Washington, Jordan Clarkson, and DeMar DeRozan. Okay, so I'm gonna say DeRozan, Caruso, and uh, I forgot to do so in the league. And then there's uh, <clears throat> one of those two guys from Charlotte. You, one of them you said PJ Washington, and the other one I can't believe I can't remember the name. Nick something, I think his name is that uh, that plays there, but they they Nick? they've been hmm. Nick something, I can't remember his name. Um, He's a front court player, though. So he's another, you're not he's talking really about um, Gordon Haywood. No, it's like Nick Richards. Uh, Gordon Haywood is an injury exception. Gotcha. I think he's he's still not back. So uh, I don't know. No, I mean Nick. Yeah. So. I, anybody trade for Gordon Haywood probably don't have to give up much of anything because it's yeah, it's nothing. His health, his health has always been a situation to Charlotte. I can't blame him because at the end of the day, if he was healthy, he was playing there. He basically just be donating to being hurt again anyway. But on that Damn. note. We're going to go ahead and wrap up this episode of Views from the Clutch. As always, we'd like to say thank you to our supporters, listeners, and subscribers. If you would like to join us, you could do so by following us on any of the podcast platforms we are hosted. You can reach us at viewsfromtheclutch at gmail.com. Tag us on social media at Views from the Clutch on Instagram and Facebook. And one more time before I go, big time shout out to the Game Time and Blessed Ballers Fantasy Basketball League on Yahoo Sports. If you would like to join an aggressive, attitude-filled Nothing but shit talking, but got to have your thing together. Fantasy Basketball League, reach out to us and we'll get you invited for the next season. And on that note, we'll say peace. Peace.